Hey, hey everyone, what's up? Pastor Mike here from Time of Grace. I am here in my office at church where it's really quiet because of Corona. <laughs> Man, I don't know about you, but I super miss people right now. I miss gathering with my church family. I miss seeing my friends, but I'm really grateful for Jesus. And that's why I'm happy to share with you today a message about Jesus that we recorded way before all this stuff started. It's a message about who Jesus is and what that really means for you in moments like this. So I hope you enjoyed this message. I hope God's keeping you strong, helping you get through, and we will talk to you soon. God bless. It's kind of struck me as I keep my ears open for Jesus' name in our media and our culture that everyone I can find wants Jesus on their side, except sometimes people aren't on the same side who are both claiming Jesus. I think about our conservative friends who always talk about Jesus as they you know, focus on the family and talk about traditional Christian marriage. And then I think about our more liberal friends who say, no, when I read this book, Jesus talked way more about the poor and the needy than he did about marriage and family. Uh, our friends who go to church say that they go to church because of Jesus, that he said we should do it and he himself had the habit of going to the synagogue week after week, so we should too. Why our not-so-church friends will say, well, no, actually, Jesus was like scathing in his critique of organized religion and he never equated a good relationship with God with your rituals and rules that you follow on the weekend. I think about our vice president and his wife who've been in the news a lot in recent months. They say because of Jesus, they have certain like conservative, traditional, historic views about LGBT issues and sexuality. To which other people who say because Jesus taught them to love and accept and to not judge hold the very opposite views and call our vice president the worst kind of Christian. A quote from Lady Gaga herself. Our Muslim friends say that Jesus was a great prophet who just passed out on the cross but never died for you was raised from the dead. And our Christian friends would say no, Jesus was way more than a prophet. He was the son of God, crucified, buried, and raised for the forgiveness of our sins. So how do you know exactly what's true? And that's why today and for the next couple of weeks, uh, I want to introduce you to a man named John. Uh, he's sometimes called the Apostle John or the disciple that Jesus loved. And he's called that because Jesus loved him and Jesus apparently loved to hang out with him. I think when Jesus uh, officially started to teach and preach, began his ministry career at age 30, I'm not sure if there's any human being who saw and experienced more of Jesus firsthand than John. He was part of Jesus' inner circle with Peter and John's brother James. He, he went places even the other apostles didn't get to go. And not only was John really close to Jesus, he, he did us a great favor because he wrote down what happened. It's one of the biographies of Jesus you can find in the Bible that we call the Gospel of John. And so what we're going to do in this series is to really listen in and follow along with John's gospel and, and see if we can't wade through all the opinions and assumptions and, and fake news and get back to the, the Jesus who turned the world upside down. In the beginning was the Word. It's a nickname for Jesus. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made 
Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John continues in our next verses. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. John, it's actually a different John, John the Baptist, testified concerning Jesus. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. All right, we're looking for three things in John's gospel. If you have a pen ready, uh, here's the first one. Uh, John wants to teach you all about Jesus' identity. John wants to convince you that Jesus' identity is the word. The very first sentence out of John's pen, in the beginning was the word. The word became flesh. The word was with God and the word was God. In other words, uh, that was one of Jesus' nicknames from the apostle John. Uh, If John was the captain of the basketball team with the apostles, he would have gotten Jesus uh, a jersey and on the back it just would have said, word. (laughs) Which is a pretty sweet nickname. It sounds pretty like hip in 21st century, but what does that mean? That Jesus was the word. Well, think for a second of, of what words do. Essentially, words help another person's head understand what's happening in your heart. Like right now, as, as you all look at me, I, I honestly have no clue if you're already super bored with this sermon or if you're kind of like, oh, tell me more, Pastor. You know, lots of you grew up in really conservative churches with no emotion, so you give me the same face no matter what I'm saying. So I have no clue what's going on inside of you unless, unless you would speak a word. And with a word or two or, or just a sentence or two, my head could know in an instant what's going on in your heart. And it's kind of the same with Jesus and God. Uh, you catch that line, uh, John said, no one has ever seen God, so what did the word do? He made God known. Instead of you having to guess like what God is like or what God thinks, what God approves of and what he condemns, if God forgives, if he loves, if he saves, instead of just like trusting the church we grew up in or our culture or our family or our gut or our own intuition or assumption, we don't have to. All we have to do is listen to Jesus because he's the word that lets our heads know what's in the Father's heart. That's the first part of Jesus' identity. Here's the second. John also wants you to know that Jesus is God. Now, if if this is like your first time kind of checking out a church and exploring Christianity, I'm going to apologize right now because this is probably the most confusing part of our faith. Um, The Bible teaches that there are these three people who love each other, the Father, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And there's also just one God. And do you know who that God is? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. (laughs) We Christians who grew up with it, we sometimes forget how baffling this is, what we call the Trinity. Three persons but one God. And if that's confusing, that's okay. Um, You don't have to understand that just now. But you do need to know that John is saying that Jesus is God. He's not just a good guy who started a religion. He's not like Muhammad or the Buddha or Joseph Smith. He, He claimed 
to be God. He didn't want you to respect him. He wanted you to worship him. He wants you to give a little bit of, of your time or money to honor him. He wanted you to give up your entire life to follow him. The third thing you need to know about Jesus is this, that he is full of grace and truth. Uh, John said it just like that, huh? He came from the Father full of grace and truth. It's actually one of our church's values uh, that our leaders try to live by. We call it 200 proof grace and truth. Like we never, ever, ever want to water down, get like 99% truth in our church. And we don't want to be like 58% loving and gracious because we want to imitate Jesus, who at the same time was so full of truth and at the same time was incredibly full of grace. And this is what makes Jesus so unique, why he never fit in anyone's like expectational box. Because most people are really like passionate about the truth and what's right or wrong and obey the laws of God. And other people are all about love and compassion and acceptance and patience. And, and Jesus somehow was both of those things at the very same time. And if you come back for the rest of the series, you're going to see that in shocking ways. I love how my favorite Christian artist depicted this in one of his pictures. That's Jesus. Like, do you, do you want a word from the Father's heart? There's a direct quote. Do you want to know that Jesus was not just some guy on the cross? Look at the golden, holy halo around his head. Do you want to know that God takes sin very seriously, that he's committed to truth? There's the proof. And do you want to know that God has uncommon, Jesus has crazy, unconditional love for people like us? There's the proof, too. A holy God who came down from heaven to give his life on the cross for sinners. That's Jesus. And that's what John wants you to know. So for the next few weeks, I want you to keep your ears open for, for two things. Number one, uh, like I said, are the I am statements of Christ. And secondly, I want you to keep your ears open for the signs. Uh, John's also famous for seven signs that prove that Jesus is not just a good guy. He is God. All right. Here's the first thing I wanted to get into your head which means we're ready for thing number two. All right, let's jump in back to John chapter one where John said this, He, Jesus, was in the world and though the world was made through him because he's God, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. It's crazy, huh? God shows up. He's full of power, of miracles. He's full of grace and truth. But what happened? People didn't receive him. They didn't trust him. They didn't follow him. They didn't believe in him, even though he came to his own. <laughs> Think about this. Um, Jesus was born of a Jewish mother. When the word became flesh and dwelt among us, he came from a Jewish woman and womb. He was born in a Jewish place called Bethlehem. He grew up in a Jewish town called Nazareth. He did all of his miracles on Jewish soil. He died and was raised from the dead with a Jewish GPS location. He spent 99.7% of his life in Jewish territory and yet 99.7% of the Jewish people did not love him. Which is what John wants you to know. If you're taking notes, here's big idea number two. 
John wants you to know about Jesus' controversy. He could heal the sick, he could raise the dead, he could forgive sins, but when Pastor Jesus tried to start a church, he couldn't even fill up the first service. Three years of hard work and he had fewer people than maybe there are in this church right now today. And that's really, really important for you to know. Sometimes we assume that, you know, Christianity is controversial or, you know, people don't like what this church stands for. If only Jesus would come or we could be loving like Jesus, then everyone would love Jesus. But not everyone loved the real Jesus. (laughs) John chapter 6 is maybe the best example of this. Um, Have you ever heard of the feeding of the 5,000? A bunch of people come to hear Jesus teaching. They find him compelling and interesting. They're getting hungry. They got nothing to eat. So Jesus takes like this kid's lunchable and he, he feeds 5,000 people and they love him so much, they say, we, we have to make him king. He can feed us every day. In response, Jesus preaches a sermon called the Bread of Life Discourse that is so controversial and offensive, 4,988 people leave. And the only people are left are Jesus' 12 apostles and Jesus says, are you going to go too? And they look back and they said, Jesus, this is a hard teaching. You you know you have the real Jesus when you study his words and your heart says, this is a hard teaching. If Jesus never challenges or confronts or make you feel like you have to change anything in your life, you're you're probably not looking at Jesus. Because the real Jesus, no matter how loving or how conservative, how, how liberal or how whatever, he always made people question and change to follow the ways of the kingdom of God. In other words, Jesus was not like me playing Guitar Hero. Well, I think Sarah here has my prop that I brought today. Back in the early 2000s, I was a rock god. I know. (laughs) I know you should not brag in church, but I got to tell you guys, I was really, really good at this game. Um, I had to give it up. I was playing like a Metallica solo on Expert in the year, I think, 2008. And my daughter, who was just learning to take her first steps, she kept unplugging my guitar out of the Xbox. I got very angry at her and it kind of dawned on me that maybe I needed to put this down and, and become a father. If you ever played Guitar Hero before or video games in general, uh, you might know that you get to choose your avatar. Ever heard of that before? Your avatar is like your computerized character. And, and I noticed that, you know, as I was choosing my character, I could click down and I could choose what I wanted him to look like and his hairstyle and a sweet rocker outfit, <laughs> facial hair, check. What kind of guitar will he play? I like that one. Boom. Like I, I could choose it. My, I could pick every little thing about him. And if I had to describe a sound of modern Christianity in America, it would be this. What did Jesus say about marriage? How about money? I like that one. What do you say about church? About addiction, forgiveness, family, divorce? Yeah, that looks like Jesus. But I tell you what, the, the reason they put Jesus on the cross is because he rarely pushed this button with people to confirm their previously held beliefs but he often pushed this one. 
He said, nope. I came from God. Nope. And they didn't like it so much. And I want you to know that. Let me give you just a a heads up to prepare your heart for what's coming. If you're kind of a conservative person, you know, morally conservative, maybe even politically conservative, Jesus is going to try to change you. As I try to listen to like conservative news media and I talk to kind of conservative people, uh, I realize very, very quickly that their lifestyle is so different than the life of compassion, generosity, and love that Jesus exemplified. Jesus once told a story um, to a guy who wanted to know how to, how to be right with God. And his story was this. Uh, this guy was injured on the side of the road and this religious guy who worked in a church walked by but he didn't help. And so another religious guy who actually worked for the church, he walked by, but he didn't help. And then a guy who was from the the wrong culture, the wrong religion, he walked by and he helped. So who loved his neighbor? The one who went to church? Worked for the church? Or paused his weekly plans to help? Jesus had such a shocking compassion and love. He once said to a rich, conservative, religious guy who was trying to keep all the rules, he said, Jesus, what should I do? Jesus said, sell all of it and give it to the poor. Jesus said things like, when you open your home, don't just invite your friends. Everyone does that. Invite the homeless, the beggars, the friendless, the awkward, the people who can't give you anything back. That's what worshiping God looks like. And I don't know many conservative people that talk like that. And I also don't know many liberal people who talk like Jesus. Many people on the other side of kind of the moral, uh, political spectrum talk a ton about compassion and tolerance and acceptance, but their definition of love looks so little like Jesus. Jesus called people to change their lives. He, he loved them, but he, he would actually heal people who were cripples and they'd get up so excited and Jesus would look them in the face and he'd say, now don't sin or something worse will happen to you. Jesus talked more about hell, like consciously suffering apart from God forever and ever more than anyone else. If you think people are like Bible-thumping, fire-and-brimstone preachers, get, get ready for Jesus because he did both. <laughs> With Jesus, you don't get to pick and choose. Uh, C.S. Lewis, the, the Oxford scholar, atheist who became a Christian, he once said, you can call Jesus your Lord or you can call him a lunatic or a liar but don't patronize him with anything in between. 2,000 years ago, Jesus was not accepted by everyone. He was controversial. So prepare your heart for the same. I promise you three big ideas to understand John's gospel. Let's look at the passage that explains the third. John says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. That's John the Baptist, Jesus' relative. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. We've talked about the identity and the controversy. Finally, John wants you to know about Jesus' testimony. All those who will testify in his behalf that he is the word, he is God, and he is full of grace and truth. 
Let me prove it to you that John's gospel is all about this. I, I just took a snippet of all the passages that use the word testify or witness just from John's gospel. And here's the small snippet I came up with. That's the small snippet, okay? <laughs> John the Baptist came as a witness to testify. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. Jesus said, the works I'm doing testify that the Father has sent me. These are the scriptures that testify about me. My other witness is the Father. The Spirit, he will testify about me. And you apostles also must testify. The man who saw it has given his testimony. He testifies so that you may believe. John's like a great lawyer. And he knows a lot of people believe a lot of things about Jesus. And so he just wants you to sit long enough and listen. The Bible is not like other books. Just listen to the international Federation of Library Associations. Some books have more testimony, more sources, are closer to the date and to the truth. What Joseph Smith wrote his book about Jesus, the, the Book of Mormon, almost 2,000 years after it happened. But the manuscripts of the Gospels and letters of Paul are just decades after Jesus lived and died by the eyewitnesses themselves. And so when someone just says, hey, it's all just different names for God, you know, religion is just opinion, it's just culture, that's just historically not the truth. And if you care about the facts and you care about the truth, there's something really unique and compelling to explore the, the teaching of Christianity. It's based on Jesus. And there's so many people who testified, were witnesses of who he was. And I want you to be one of those rare people who doesn't just know what they believe, but why they believe it who's not going to write their, their personal blog about Jesus with no footnotes on the bottom, but instead can testify, I believe he is God himself. And here are the reasons why. I want you to have a firm foundation to know that when, when you die, you're not just going to have to hope that what you believed in your heart was right, but it's based on an incredible foundation of facts, history, and truth. So, here's what I need you to do before I say amen. I need to give you two bits of homework. Uh, the first homework, what I need you to do next is to return you got to come back, all right? I'm not just trying to like pad the church attendance statistics. Uh, I need you to come back because John has so much more to say. I've given you verses 1 to 18, but in the series, we're going to cover John 1 through 4, and he's going to unpack uh, these three big ideas in powerful ways. And second, if I can challenge you, I want you to read John. Yeah, the sermon series covers John 1 through 4, but there are 21 chapters, and there's so much now that I want you to see and understand. Uh, because in the end, I, I want you to have the same experience as Vidya did. About a decade ago, I, I was a brand new pastor and a member of our church brought her co-worker named Vidya, uh, a Hindu Indian woman, um, to talk to me. She wasn't Christian, but she was facing something that she couldn't fix and she was desperate for solutions and answers. So she came to my office and I got to tell her about Jesus. Uh, I told her Jesus' identity, that he was God. And that because of God, he was powerful and he could help her. And that Jesus wasn't just powerful, he was full of grace and truth that, that he actually loved her. I told her that I couldn't guarantee Jesus would fix her problem now, but he could give her something so much better because he is the way and he is the truth and he is the life. And do you know what this Hindu woman said to me? Okay. <laughs> and I drove home and I said, I'm good at this. Holy cow. <laughs> it's like, 
seven minutes, Hindus are becoming Christians just like that in one conversation. But, you know, then uh, God kind of reminded me, um, do you know what Hindus believe? They believe in millions of gods. So, so to call Jesus her God and pray to him was just million and one gods in her list, which isn't the Christian faith at all. You know, she never came back to our church. But a couple years ago, after I'd moved to Appleton, I got an email from the coworker who had invited her, and she said, did you hear about Vidya? And I, I said, no. He said, well, Jesus gave her what she prayed for. He, he solved her problem. And even better, Vidya came to believe that Jesus was God. She follows him now as her Lord and her Savior. She was born not of a husband's will or human decision, but reborn by the Spirit of God. For God so loved the world, the world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. And that's what I want for you too. There's a lot of controversy and a lot of opinions about there, but Jesus wants to give you life. He will challenge you with his truth, but I guarantee he can change everything with his love. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we speak to you right now because you're God. Because you're God, you're right here. Because you're God, you care about us. And because of God, you're God, you can change anything. I pray, God, that you would persuade our hearts, that we would believe that we are standing on, on the truth. And yet, I pray that we would imitate your incredible grace and we could be humble, compassionate, and kind about it. Jesus, you, you love people who didn't believe in you and I pray that we could do the same. That you were stubborn about the truth and yet you were so compassionate and patient with the people that you would dialogue with and talk to and I pray that we could be the same. You were willing to hang out with people that no other religious people hung out with and I pray that we could be the same. I pray, Jesus, as, as we get closer and closer to you, our, our passion and our percentage would rise up to 200 proof until the people that meet us are, are confused why we stand so hard on truth and yet baffled by the uncommon way that we love. If we call ourselves Christians, Jesus, help us to be like you are, as Jesus the Christ. Finally, I, I pray that we could find life. Jesus, in the Gospel of John, you talked about that all the time, an abundant life, a, a good life, a life with God. Let that be our experience. As we put down good roots in you, the real Jesus, help the Spirit produce fruit in our heart that we could have more peace than we had yesterday, more joy like you and the Father share, that we could have incredible love. This is our prayer, God, for your glory and for the good of your church. We ask it all, Jesus, in your powerful name. Amen. Do you ever feel like this? Spiritually empty or dry when it comes to the things of God? So many Christians do and that's a problem that our Heavenly Father would love to fix. And he loves to fix it by pouring into your heart his son, Jesus. And that's why I want you to have this brand new book that I wrote called Every Drop of Jesus. It's a journey through the Gospel of John but one that's not rushed or hurried. Instead, I'm going to encourage you to slow down, to read everything that Jesus said, to ponder everything that Jesus did, and let the Holy Spirit fill up your heart and soul with the great things that Jesus has done. Uh, this book is an amazing way to meditate on the grace of God, to get closer to Jesus, and it's the way that God loves to satisfy and quench the thirst of our soul.
Every drop of Jesus is our way of saying thanks for your support. Request your copy by calling 800-661-3311, visit timeofgrace.org, write us at P.O. Box 301, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53201, or text TIME to 313131 to give today. Time of Grace doesn't end here. We offer so much more. Visit us at timeofgrace.org. You'll discover resources to help you in your walk of faith. These include blogs, Grace Moment devotionals, and our prayer wall. You can also stay encouraged with our daily video devotionals. Connect with us on social media. Join our Facebook group where you'll meet a strong community of believers. Follow us on Instagram and get an inside look at our ministry. And if you need someone to pray for you, call us or visit our prayer wall. Thank you so much for your support. We'll see you here again next week. Hey everyone, it's Pastor Mike. You probably thought you were done listening to me, but here I am again, because <laughs> I need your help. We love more people to hear this great message of God's love. So if you could rate and review this podcast, it could reach more inboxes, more ears, more eyes, more hearts, so that people could have more hope in Jesus. Thanks so much for your extra effort, for your support, and I hope you have an amazing day.